Welcome, friend. I'm Rick Pasquale. Thank you for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you. I know God loves you and has a plan for your life. So listen to this live service and let God speak to you. I'm my heart so much for this week. I want you to know that sometimes we wear a mask that makes everybody think, oh yeah, I'm good. Today, I want you to know this is a safe place. This is a safe place for those that are watching online. This week, I got more messages from people who called me pastor online. This is a safe place for you to take that mask off, open up your heart to God, and let him touch you. Amen? You're a chosen people, not just pretending to be chosen. You really are chosen. And if we know that we belong, no matter what words someone speaks to us, we will still know, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. We're going to talk about that next week. God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So this morning, we are going to continue the story of Zacchaeus. I want you to imagine the pursuit of someone trying to get to Jesus. From last week, you'll know this is our tree that we know Zacchaeus climbed. We know that the word of God is truly the word of what God? Is that hard? The word of God is truly the word of God. Ben's always making funny jokes. I'm not sure Jesus would have said that, but it's okay. Because the point is we have fun. We laugh and we come and we give all to Jesus. Amen? Amen? So I want you to listen to the word of God and imagine maybe what Zacchaeus was doing. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Welcome. (laughs) All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four (laughs) times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. (laughs) Thank you, Zacchaeus. Thank you, Zacchaeus. Awesome. Can you picture a little bit more Zacchaeus? He's not as short, probably, as Zacchaeus was. He's tall. But Pastor Rick was like, don't climb on that ladder and fall off. I'm like, okay, I'll get somebody who can climb on the ladder. Because I like to have, the Bible is real. The Bible is real. The Word of God is real. Can you imagine God saying, hey, I want to tell you about when my son Jesus went into Jericho and found this man and said, I'm here for you. I know who you are. I know your name. And the response that Zacchaeus gave. Amen? So this morning, as we review, how do we apply 1 Peter 2.9 to the story of Zacchaeus? This is a place of belonging when we know who we are, the royal chosen priesthood. God's special possession. Now, I don't know about in all of your countries, but sometimes in America, when we say, well, isn't that special? It doesn't always mean special. 
But this means special. Somebody tell me a word in your, what is special? Shout it out. Huh? Don't be scared. Wonderful? Extraordinary? Hmm? Unique? Favored? Special. You are God's special possession. That's what Zacchaeus was learning. That's what we learn from the tree. That I am God's special possession. Today, right now, I believe. It's not in my notes. And I don't know how much I'm going to do of my notes today. You've been doing life. Maybe you are watching online because you haven't felt like gathering with other people. You are special and God has a plan and a purpose. Do not give up. Do not stop. Do not quit. Do not look back. Look forward. This morning, God is saying to you, what you thought was going to happen, maybe it didn't happen exactly like you thought. Don't worry. Don't fret. Because you are God's special, chosen, favorite possession. In my family, I have three amazing daughters. And we have eight amazing grandchildren. And thankfully, they all have a different name. So I can say, you are my favorite Rocco, you are my favorite London. You are my favorite Jessica. Now, even though some of us may have the same name as someone else, I want you to hear God like he did for Zacchaeus. Jesus passing by and say, Annie, Iodella, Sharon, Joel, you're my favorite. Maggie, you're my favorite. Maddie, you're my favorite. Rye, he's saying, you are my favorite Rye. That's what Jesus says when he says, you are special. Because the world and the enemy of our soul wants you to think that you are not special. That you are not equal to the people around you. I want you to look around at each other. Would you look at them and say, I'm special and you're special. <laughs> I want you to believe it. I'm special and you're special. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for sitting by me this morning. Thank you for bringing me to a place where I can belong. Amen? So when I know who I am and I see Jesus and I know that I had to climb a tree so I said it last week, I'll say it again. Today, to me, it feels like if we're like Zacchaeus, this is where we ran to climb the tree. This is the tree to get a glimpse of Jesus. You could be anywhere else right now, but you came here, a place to belong, a place to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. You watch online because it's a place that is stirring something in your heart that says you matter to God. You're not alone on this planet. It's important that we understand that. This is where amazing happens. This theme, Joshua 3.5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. It's not just a verse. It's God's word. Because I do believe that here, in this place of belonging, in the ministries that you're involved with, in the children, children that have been mentored in kids' ministry are now being mentored as teens in teen ministry. And some of those children that were mentored over there that are now over here who lost a loved one this month said, my loved one is living their best life now. That's because they know from there to there to here, I belong to Jesus. And my loved one, they knew they belonged to Jesus. And there is comfort in that. It's about doing life. It's not just words. It's not just so you can check a box and say, I went to church, I listened to a sermon. Okay, thank you, I'm a Christian. It's about being in relationship with Jesus. Amen? 
So I want to review just very quickly from week one from Pastor Rick. And so that you know, Pastor Rick is in the U.S. for one more week. He's um, gathering some very special things for us here at ICF Rome. And some amazing testimonies are coming in. And he said, if he's watching, which I think he is, hi, babe, praying for you in a couple hours. <laughs> uh, we're, everything's good. Uh, but he said, I couldn't tell you the special blessings. He gets to do that. So he will. But we are going to rejoice, church, because God is on the throne on our behalf. Amen? 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 Amen. So week one, Pastor Rick started us on this series with We Must See Jesus. And if you weren't here, we learned that Lazarus was not embraced by others. So we, he ran ahead and crawled up a tree because there was too many people in the crowd. Then we know that he recognized his emptiness because he wanted to see Jesus. If he didn't, he was a businessman. He could have taken his briefcase and gone on, but he wanted to see Jesus. So let that sink in, what you can learn from Zacchaeus. Week two, which was last week, we talked about climbing trees and that when we climb that tree, it's not always easy, right? There might be some splinters, there might be some bugs in that tree, there might be some of those little tiny black mosquitoes that are driving me crazy right now. Um, we don't know what's there, but I know that if I keep climbing so that I can get a better view of what God says about my life, things are going to change. This room is full of testimonies. Full of testimonies. Families who were Buddhists who are coming to Jesus one at a time. How amazing is that? Amen? Come on, people. How amazing is that? People recognizing who Jesus is. So when we climb the tree, what does he do? He adjusts our perspective. He changes the way we look at things. Not, I had a flat tire and I broke my car, but isn't God good? My friend came along and helped me, and someone else helped me have the money, and the tire shop was open, and I got a new tire. We reframe and readjust our perspective. Amen? Not that I'm here in this country where um, I feel bad for you if you don't love pasta and pizza and gelato and cappuccino because it's amazing. But maybe it's not like your country. But God has a way of adjusting our perspective so that we can truly say, I love this place. I love this place. I talked with an Italian this week, just a, a, like a business person in a shop, or can't remember exactly where I was right now. But um, how much I love that the Italians are so loyal to their family, even though it might be stressful. They daughter taking care of father, who's taking care of daughter, who's taking care of father. How beautiful is that? There is something to be learned in every place where God puts you if you're willing to stay on the potter's wheel. The second thing we learned about Zacchaeus is that he refines our reputation. He changes us. He puts us in that refiner's fire. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made new. Amen? I always want my reputation to be in the process of being refined. You know why? Because I don't ever want anybody to say, oh, that lady, she was, she liked shoes, she liked this, she liked that. She didn't like cooking. <laughs> I want somebody to say she loved Jesus. She loved his word. And she loved his people. Even if they didn't know him yet. He refines our reputation. This morning, you've been worried what other people think about you and your reputation. And God is saying, if I refine it, it won't matter what they think. Whether you get picked for that contract or not, whether you get renewed or not, whether you get an A or a C on that final exam or not, what matters is that Jesus is refining me. Amen? And third, he secures our destiny. It's, it matters. In every service, it matters. There have been those among us whose character and life has been completely transformed, and now they or someone they love is with Jesus. 
Time is short. I need to know where I'm going to spend eternity. I want to know. I want you to know where you're going to spend eternity. You have to know it. I hope that I could come to any single one of you after this service and say, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? I hope if someone asks you, live stream audience, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Where is your destiny taking you? That you won't say, I think heaven. I think I'm good. Listen, if you don't know that you know that you know, you can know that today. You can make that decision and say, Jesus, I stand on your word, and you are going to secure my destiny. Amen. Amen. So today, why? Why is this so important? Why have we been chosen? Why are we this royal priesthood? So that we can declare his glory. Declare his glory. I've been chosen by God. He has put us in a place where here in this room, many of you have come from places where it was not free to talk about Jesus, where it was not easy to be a Christian, where it is still not easy to walk with Jesus. Some of you are in this city where it's not easy to stay true to Christ. But if God said, I chose you, you're my special possession. In fact, I love you so much that not only did I pass by the tree where you were or the apartment building where you're hanging out or the bus station, I made another tree that became a cross that I sent my son to so that you could declare his glory. If you realize what God has done for you and why, all the other things, your job, your school, your struggles, you will be able to adjust your perspective. I'm not saying that there aren't days where I go, this traffic is making me crazy. These motorcycles, if you ride a motorcycle, please be careful. I have to get my perspective adjusted. I may be beep beep on the horn, and then I hear the Holy Spirit say, pray over that one. Pray for a hedge of protection around them as they're driving like a maniac. He has to adjust my perspective. I'm not perfect. And when I recognize, I say to the Lord, God, I want to declare your glory. I want to thank you that you have a reason and a purpose for my life. I'm not asking you to be perfect, but I'm asking you to be available to do what God has asked you to do. And if you will do it, you're, you'll have a more joyful life. Believe me, you will. Amen? So I've got three points for you this morning. Actually, four, but we're only going to do three. Okay? And the first one is this, there is no rejection in this chosen priesthood. No rejection. Why is it that we can be accepted, 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 and then that one person rejects us? That one friend betrays us? That one business situation rejects us, and our world feels like it's just falling down? Maybe it's because I've been trying to declare their glory or declare my glory over God's glory. Because if I'm declaring God's glory, then there is no rejection. He loves me no matter what. He went to that cross on his tree for me even when I didn't, wasn't even born yet. He did that for you too. There is no rejection. Today... Life has done some things to some of you that are very painful. I'm aware of that. This is a safe place. And that past situation, even if it was past 24 hours ago, is not who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ is who God says you are. Special possession, loved and chosen, a holy priesthood. So those old things, everybody say old things. Those old things are passed away. All things, all things are made new in Christ. You're not picked last. Before you were even born, he chose you. You're not an outcast. Listen, in this house, we have people literally of every demographic from... Uh, we probably have our youngest baby is not here today, but about three weeks old, two weeks old, to, we won't talk about whoever's the oldest, and I hope it's not me, but okay, 
We have a lot of, we have children and grandparents, Joel said it, teenagers and singles and university students and people who haven't graduated high school, diplomats and professionals and those who have been struggling to find a job in this house. In this family, in this place of belonging, we're, we're equal in God's eyes. We're equally valuable. We're equally loved. We're equally chosen. You get to be with people I can't be with. You have the privilege and the opportunity to share your faith with people that probably wouldn't listen to me. You have that chance. So that means we're all equally available to declare his glory. But we have to know, I'm not left out. I'm not second class. If you know you belong, you will step in with courage and confidence. Amen? We know Pastor Rick likes to use the example of being on the bus. And at the last Sunday of, of this month, Pastor Rick will be here. We will have a special lunch. We're calling it the New People's Party. But we're going to have some fun. We're, gonna, we're really going to try to shake it up a little bit, ministry team captains. So think of something fun for your ministry. But the reason is because everybody can serve. There's a place for everybody. And you might not like to sit in the same row on the seat of a bus that someone else sits, but there's a seat for you. There's a seat for you. I'm not talking about that literal seat. I'm talking about opportunity for you to matter and to declare his glory. I want you to memorize this month's verse. And when the world tries to tell you you're not accepted, I don't know if you have the, um, back there in the, in the first foyer, when you first come in, there are the cards that we prepare that says what we're doing every month. So you should have that card or take that scripture, put it wherever you happen to look the most, whether it's the bathroom mirror, it might be on your phone if you're taking lots of selfies, put it on the back of your phone, put it on your desk, put it inside your book that you're studying, put it in your wallet or your bag where every time you pull out your bus pass, you pull that out too. But you are a chosen people. You have got to know this. I, Jennifer, I'm a chosen Jennifer. I'm a royal Jennifer. I'm a holy Jennifer. I'm God's special James. I'm God's special Fadzai. He called Fadzai out of darkness into his wonderful light. Samuel, you're my special possession, God is saying. If you will get that in your spirit, it changes everything. There's a lot of us who have experienced very different kinds of family upbringings. Some had mothers and fathers and grandmothers who spoke life to them. Some, I lost my mom when I was 15. I had amazing other people in my family. Some did not. But I want you to know, before you were in your mother's womb, Abba Father said, you're chosen. I'm bringing you to this earth. I'm going to one day bring you to Rome, Italy, because I want you to declare the glory that I have done in your life. On Wednesday nights, we have amazing connection time, and just hearing people share about what Jesus means to them increases our faith. It helps us belong to the family of God. If you can get here on Wednesday night from 7 to 8.30, so even if you get here at 7.30, there's plenty of time, this is a place to grow your faith. Memorize this verse and know that you will declare his glory. I'm letting that sit with you for a minute because I know that sometimes it's easy to say, Pastor Jen, you don't know what I'm going through right now. It's difficult. The doctor said, the bank said, the commune said, the policia said, uh, the contractor said, or hasn't said. But what did Father God say? Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I choose you. And what did Zacchaeus do? He came down at once. He welcomed him gladly. And then he began to let his life be changed. And he started doing things completely different than he did before. You see, there is a response required. It's not enough for you just to listen. There is a response required. 
What will you do with this information today? What will you do with what God has done for you this week? Will you do something with it? You know, Pastor Rick talks about gardening. He loves to take care of our flowers. And while we were gone for a few weeks, raising some more funds for the mission here, um, people were helping to take care of our flowers, but some of them didn't do so well. And you know what I've noticed? That as you continue to garden, as you continue to tend, prune, water, get rid of the old dirt, put new dirt in, water, water, I'm doing it, I know he's watching, I'm doing it, I'm taking care of. <laughs> Listen, if you will keep doing something, God will help you. The enemy wants to isolate you and stop you and say, you can do this by yourself. There's too many people, they don't get your life, they don't understand you, I'm more spiritual than they are. Mm-mm, mm-mm. When Jesus called to Zacchaeus, he responded at once. No delays. Jesus wants, listen to this, Jesus wants our immediate attention, but we want his immediate answers. Jesus wants our immediate attention. We just want his immediate answers. But he wants us to be in his presence. You know, when Zacchaeus came down, Samuel, we come here one more time. This is Zacchaeus, a.k.a. Sam. <laughs> when Zacchaeus came down, Jesus didn't say, okay, well, what were you doing up in that tree? Uh, and how come you cheated all those people with your money? No, that's not, what, that's not what Jesus did. He said, Zacchaeus, I know your name. I want to go to your house. Can I come to your house? Yes, I can. He's saying, yes, come. And it says, at once they went. Can you imagine? Thank you. I won't call you up here. But <laughs> thank you, Sam. Can you imagine? That's what God is saying to you. Anuja, I, I want to be with you. I, I love Anuja's testimonies on Wednesday. She just says, he's my God. I talk to him about everything. That's, that means he can come to my house. Hmm. There was no delays. I want you to stop waiting. I believe this is a word for you. I want you to stop waiting with expectation for loss. I, I'm expecting to lose, so it's okay. I'm expecting to get rejected, so it's okay. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. I don't expect loss. I don't expect rejection. Now, I might get a yes or no answer, but I am not rejected. I am chosen not forsaken. I am who he says I am. Amen? Stop looking at life through that lens of a child that got their hand smacked for taking cookies too many times. God loves you. He's a good God. Only the world would tell you he's not. God wouldn't say that. And there better not be any mutterers like the Bible talks about in Zacchaeus' life. We don't mutter. We don't murmur and say, oh, I'm not sure what they're doing. Well, we say, you know what? They're on a journey. They've opened up their heart to Jesus. Maybe they haven't opened up every part yet. It's okay. They're on a process. Hmm. There's lots of keys to lots of little chambers in our heart, right? I have to open all of them. And you know what? Sometimes you have to do it more than once. Sometimes that healing process needs a, a revisitation of the Holy Spirit, a re-encounter of the power of God. I don't want to be, we're starting off a new school season, a new work season, and some of us, sometimes, already tired? No. We pull ourselves up and we say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I am excited that I'm going to meet a friend at work, a colleague, a, a university student who needs to know that their life is not over. It's just beginning. If you follow social media at all, you will know that there have been those who have given up. I don't want you to give up. You... There is a heaven. Ben made a joke about heaven, but there is a heaven, and Jesus is going to be there. And he is going to say, you know, is all you did was give money with no heart change, with no life change? He said, if you're lukewarm, he's going to spew you out of his mouth. There was some truth in a way, right? That we want to say, Jesus, change me, mold me, make me, give me faith, give me fervor. 
Give me perseverance. I'm telling you what, I don't know if enough people have told you lately, but every single one of you, Sarah, her story of perseverance in this country, no matter what other people have said, being from Peru, speaking multiple languages, she has persevered and seen the hand of God bless her. And she's still waiting on more blessings. But she's waiting with that, not an expectation for loss or rejection or a no. She's waiting with expectation for a yes, aren't you, Sarah? And we're believing for the yeses in her life. So start responding like Zacchaeus. At once, run to the family of God. What would happen in our church? We, we're crowded and we're trying to get a new building and we're raising the funds and doing our due diligence so that there's plenty of room so no one feels like, I don't know if there's going to be a place for me to sit. There'll be plenty of room for more kids and more air conditioning and all that good stuff. But I, what would happen if you, not me, if you, not Pastor Rick, if you started to declare with your mouth to your friends the goodness of God, the glory of God, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, have I been complaining too much? Have I been expecting failure? And start believing for the blessing. Start believing for the blessing. The third thing is there is a responsibility. This is where your little note card is going to come in. You can take notes as the Holy Spirit speaks to you in this particular passage. Our responsibility is to give him praise, to declare his glory, a holy nation called out of darkness. When we sat in that lobby, I mean, it's our story, okay, where Pastor Rick's tumor and the doctor aborted the surgery and said he's going to die. I had a decision to make that day. In that minute, I had a decision that I would declare the glory of God, that I would declare the purposes and the plan of God. Not that I'm telling God what to do, but that I'm saying, God, you promised to be with us. You, prom you intervened in this moment, otherwise he might not have woken up. And so, God, I am trusting you that I will declare your glory. I will declare your glory to the doctors, to the nurses, to the anesthesiologists, to the people in the waiting room that could see this group of people. It seems like they just got bad news, but they're having a praise party, and they're singing and praising God and clapping their hands and saying, let's go do this together. It was amazing. I couldn't do that. That was because I had surrounded myself. We had surrounded ourselves with the family of God. If you don't surround yourself... Young adults, I know life is hard, but listen to me. If you isolate yourself, the enemy uses that as a tool to diminish your capacity to give God glory. Don't do that. Don't do that. Surround yourself with God's people. So if we're going to declare his plans and his glory, do you declare his glory or do you debate his plans with him? Yes, I know, it's, you know, show me, show me the selfie, show me the, you know, I was thinking about this, we, I love, I love social media, we're going to do some more fun things with our media, we're already doing so many cool outreaches things, but you know, there's one thing they say on social media, that this person has so many followers, how many followers do you have? And I thought about that, I know they just had to think of a word, I don't want followers, okay, I don't want followers. I only follow one person. It's Jesus. I follow Jesus. I may be a friend of somebody. I may be a friend of a friend of somebody. But do you see how the enemy is so subtle in our mindset to make us think, if I don't have followers, I've been rejected? Jesus is following you. Jesus is following you. He's watched you from the minute you were just put into your mother's womb until you came out until now. Jesus is following you. He's your follower. But he wants you to be his follower. Amen? So when I come out of darkness, I declare his glory. But I want you to think about this. Are you leaving the darkness behind? Or are you just trying to use Jesus as a flashlight? Hmm? Oh, I want to make sure I go to heaven. And I know I really messed up bad last night. So Jesus, shine your light in this darkness over me right now. But then Jesus says, okay, but 
I'm requiring a response from you and I need you to live a certain way. Are you willing to let Jesus permeate your life? Because I can't declare his glory if he doesn't permeate my thoughts. I can't declare his glory if he doesn't permeate my attitude and my mentalities. He changes everything. He changes everything. I've shared it with you of my 101-year-old grandmother when she went to be with Jesus and stand at that heavenly throne that I watched her for, I mean, I didn't watch her for 101 years, but I watched her for many years as she would declare his glory through every valley, through every valley, not just the victories, but every valley, lose a husband, lose a daughter, my mom, to a drunk driving car accident. Lose her eyesight, lose her hearing, lose her ability to drive, and lose her independence. I watched her continue to declare his glory because she wasn't debating his plans. I know that's for somebody in this room today because we say, God, I could follow you a lot easier if you do this and this for me. This would be a lot easier if we could manage it this way. And I have found that if I will begin to trust God, he will help me. So, being in this royal palace, this royal priesthood, I started thinking about some things. What are the royal family protocols? Now, I would love, and I'm serious, if any of you have these royal protocols, you need to make me a list because I love that kind of stuff. Um, there, you know, you put this fork on this side and that fork and this spoon up here, and then you don't sit till they sit, and you stand when they stand, and sometimes you bow, sometimes you don't, sometimes you kiss the hand, sometimes you don't. You have to know all these protocols. Do you know in the royal family in the UK, I was reading just a little bit about when one person wears this color, another person can't wear that color. There's all this stuff. And what the color says about things. There's a lot of protocols. Well, we are in a royal priesthood. We are in a royal family. So therefore, everybody say therefore. Allora. <laughs> there are royal protocols. Amen? There are royal protocols. So this morning I just prepared a list for you. Number one, and, and I don't have this on the screen. I don't think I have the verses. I have the scripture. But you look at your paper there. Let our hearts be examined. Psalm 26.2 says, test me, Lord. Try me and examine my heart and my mind. You can't even begin to declare his glory if you don't give him permission to examine your heart and your mind. Heart and your mind. Not just your heart. Heart and your mind. Your mind governs the way you do life. You have to have your heart and your mind examined. Number two, let us acknowledge him as our father. In Matthew 6, 9, it says, Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Nostra padre. See, Joel? Nostra padre. Nostra padre. Our father. Our father. Isn't this awesome? Samuel, if he's our father, that means that like, we're in the same family. Isn't that awesome? We're in the same family. Our Father. So many times the world takes our fathers out of the picture. I know that there are people in this room that consider Pastor Rick and I your spiritual mother and father, and I accept that privilege and responsibility. But our Father in heaven, I want you to acknowledge Abba, Father. You are not fatherless. Look at somebody and say, you are not fatherless. You're not fatherless. For some of you, that's prophetic. For some of you, you need to be reminded, I am not fatherless. My God loves me. My Father in heaven loves me. Let our mouths speak praise. Psalms 19:14 says, "May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer." The words of my mouth. I pray it will not be hearing a voice from Pastor Jen this week. It will be the Holy Spirit when you start to say when I listen, when I start to complain about the traffic, that's usually my big complaining moments. Um I just get nervous, okay? I'm not making excuses, but I have the Holy Spirit. I have felt him almost like tap me on the shoulder and say, may the words of your mouth 
and the meditation of your heart and your mind be pleasing to me. Listen, I know you work in very difficult situations. I don't, Zacchaeus, I mean, he had been in the tree to see Jesus. Can you imagine if Zacchaeus had said, okay, thanks for the invitation, but I got like leaves all over me and stuff, and I didn't make my bed, and I didn't clean my sink, and no, you cannot come over today. And Jesus, can you imagine? I know what Jesus would have done. He would have came right after him and said, I'm knocking. I want to be with you. But the words of my mouth, do you say that you're good? Do you say that you are God's child? Do you say that you're teachable? Make sure that God is hearing the words of your mouth. Let it be pleasing in his sight. I love you. We have an amazing church. We have an amazing family. I say our church, our family, and I mean that. University students beginning to gather on Friday nights, every other, I think it's like two Friday nights a month, and um, the men are going to be gathering. It's going to be awesome. Men, I'm going to give you a challenge. I love you, and I know you're amazing. Don't spend that gathering talking about how frustrated you are with your wife. (laughs) Don't do that. Wives, we don't spend it at Women's Connect saying, I'm frustrated about this person or that person. We, we petition the Lord on behalf of one another. And I mean it. I, I know that it is because of the disciplines in my life to stop myself from speaking negative and to let the words of my mouth declare his glory. That's what changes me. That's what changes you, and that's what will change the people around you and your destiny. Number four, he says, he tells us what to do. In case you were wondering, what is this response I'm supposed to do? Number four, he says, let our lights shine. Let our lights shine before others so that they will see and glorify our Father in heaven. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's hard at work sometimes. But if you have people that you work with, I've heard testimony of them saying, not when it was easy, they said something. When it was hard, they said, how did you just do that? How did you just have that smile on your face? How did you, how come it seems like you're like at peace? And you say, well, since they ask, it's just God helps me. I ask for his help and he helps me. That they may see that you are trusting him in your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. Number five, let his will prevail. Matthew 6.10 says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let his will prevail. Our human will, our human nature is selfish. And we try to make it seem like it's not selfish, but it is. And so our human nature has got to come in contact with God's supernature And then we begin to respond in a supernatural way. Not my will, God, but your will. Not my plans, but his plans. And if I know I belong, and I know I'm chosen, and his will takes me over there, when I thought I was going over there, I'm not freaked out anymore. I have peace that passes understanding. Amen? Number six says... Matthew chapter 6, 20 and 21. Let us invest in his place, his kingdom, and his people. It says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust and vermin do not destroy and corrupt, where thieves do not break in and steal. How do you store up treasures in heaven? It's not just with your financial giving. It's with your life giving. It's with your life giving. To know that there are people around you that don't even know Jesus is alive. And you start to tell them, but wait, he changed my life. I mean, can you imagine now, not, there had to be somebody who also maybe told, I mean, somebody was the promo producer for Jesus coming through there. Somebody let the people know, hey, Jesus is coming through the village because Zacchaeus heard about it. And he got to where it was. So somebody was kind of making sure people knew, right? We don't read about them. Are they any less valuable? 
No, maybe they were the disciples. But I wondered, they might have been some of the children that he had been with. It might have been somebody who had been touched already by the hem of his garment. There were people that we don't read about. It doesn't matter. What matters is that Jesus' will is done and that I am laying up treasures in heaven. And then I will understand, listen to me, where you work is how you get income. It's not God's ultimate, like, and understand what I'm saying. God has given each of us different gifts, different knowledge, different skill sets. So those of you that are in finance, I will never be in finance. Hallelujah. Those of you that are in culinary, I will not be in culinary. I will be in decor and cleanup, okay? We all have different gifts. But remember, my purpose on this planet is not for what gives me a paycheck. My purpose on this planet is so that where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. That I store up things in heaven. So if you see that, it changes the way you look at rejection because there is no rejection in God. Number seven, it tells us we have to trust his word. Psalm 135 says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. Many of you have been in a waiting process for documents, for contracts. Some of you still are waiting for our kids to learn how to crawl or learn how to walk or learn how to do their homework. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. In his word, I put my hope. I can tell you that because I could be gone tomorrow. The Lord could say, come on home. I don't think he's going to do that. I'm feeling strong and healthy and vibrant, and I am not old. Trust me, I'm trying to declare that over my life. But I have given you the word of God. Pastor Rick has given you the word of God. The scripture is there. I have had the privilege numerous times to show somebody how to load the Bible onto their phone. Because his word will never return void. His word will always bring hope. But if you run to social media before you run to the savior of your soul, something's out of balance. If you run to secret places to do secret things before you run to the Savior of your soul, something's out of balance. God wants us to wait on the Lord and to use his word. Listen, his word heals, his word guides, his word renews our mind. His word does all of that. How does that happen? A book. It's not just a book. You heard God speaking, then Zacchaeus came when my son Jesus did this. Thank you for the illustration of it. I don't know. I think God has that kind of deep, rich voice. I know one thing. He has a loving voice. I have felt him. How many of you have ever received a miracle or an answer to prayer from Abba Father? Raise your hand all over this room. Look around. Look. If this is the time where you can turn around, see who's here, look. A lot of us have. We're not alone, amen? It's very important that we understand I can put my hope in his word. It changes everything. Number eight, we have to live his ways, not the world's ways of thinking. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, he is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. He's the rock, and his ways are just. Isaiah 55, 9 says, His ways are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God is saying to you, I don't think like you do. Thank the Lord he doesn't think like I do. Thank the Lord he doesn't think like you do. Honestly, we have faulty thinking sometimes. But his ways are higher. Can somebody say amen? Aren't you glad that God's ways are higher? You don't have to worry about it anymore. If you take nothing from this message today that you're chosen to declare his glory, I pray that you will walk out of here saying, I don't have any worries. God called my name and immediately at once I'm welcoming him gladly into every corner of my heart. Number nine, we have to walk by faith. 
2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7 says, Therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. I think our thinking and our mentalities and our response gets messed up when we try to do it by sight. Okay, I saw what you did there, God. That's really good. Thank you. I see that, you know, somebody walked up and gave me a Pentecostal, like we used to call it a Pentecostal handshake, and they would, you'd leave your hand and there'd be some money in there, and it would be groceries. It would be whatever I needed that week. I've seen God do that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that we live not by what I see, but what would I know. When I lose someone I love, when their time on this earth is finished, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord if I have invited him to be the Lord of my life. Because sin cannot enter heaven and light and darkness can't dwell together. And there is no compromise in heaven. You're all in or you're all out. There is no lukewarm. Why is that? Because lukewarm hurts everybody. It hurts you, puts you in a bad mood, puts the people around you. It hurts them because then they're like, well, is God really good or he's not good? Because you, you're definitely not good right now, right? I have to be all in with Jesus. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Thank you to my amazing family members and daughters and husband and loved ones who have nurtured me in my life that when I'm not perfect, I can say, I'm sorry. I responded wrong. Forgive me for that. Because I want to walk by the way Jesus wants me to walk. Do you listen to him or do you defend what you want him to do? Walk according to his plan. Number 10 says, let us rejoice in all things. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Wow, that's a hard one. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. When? Always. And I will say it again, do what? <laughs> really? Rejoice always in all things? Keep going. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. There's a promise when we rejoice in all things. He understands when we don't want to rejoice. We don't like it when someone we love is hurting or broken or upset, but we can put them in God's hands. I'm sure, can you imagine Zacchaeus? He, he, I said, I can't imagine what his briefcase looked like, and he was a tax collector, and he was a businessman. I don't even know if he was dressed to climb a tree that day. But can you imagine that he had to figure out how to give all of this life thing back right? And his first response was not to hide the secret places. His first response was, okay, I did these bad things and I'm going to repay all these people multiple times because I don't even want to be the same me anymore. Amen? I don't want to be the same me. And you know what? I don't want you to be the same one you were last week. I want you to be new today. I want his mercies to be new today. I don't want to be the same next week. I want to feel a new anointing. I want to feel a new strength. And it does happen. University students that are here studying abroad, I know there are those moments when you wake up or you're trying to navigate the transportation and it doesn't feel new. It feels rather old in this city sometimes. And transportation new strength every day. You need new courage every day. You need new peace that passes understanding every day. But I can tell you, he's as close as the mention of, your, of his name. He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the one that we can trust. And so let his plans and his purposes prevail in your life. And lastly, there will be a reward in this place of belonging. We're going to talk about being chosen and the people in our lives, but we're here together. And there is a reward 
It's wonderful that I went to visit one of our new families and the new baby and to hear that already some of the family here had been to visit. Some of the family here had made those phone calls. That's wonderful. When I send a note about something and someone says, I've already talked to them. I've already, I've already met them for coffee. I've already, that's awesome. That's what this place of belonging is. It's, it's a reward to belong to this royal family. And you belong. I want to close with these verses. 2 Corinthians 12.9 And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. It's hard to do life. I understand that. But I can boast in my weakness because his power comes through in my life. Amen? Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to whose power his power that is at work inside of us within us and first peter 2 9 say it with me why because we are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation god's special possession that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light in this place of belonging when you follow jesus the peace of god which transcends everything will guard your heart will guard your mind there will no longer be that feeling of rejection you are chosen not forsaken now we respond to him in his ways. Our responsibility is we declare his glory. Isn't that, I mean, that is not a very hard thing to do. God is worthy of it. I mean, just look at the beautiful sunset. Just look at the, I mean, this is a simple tree, but can you imagine if you went and looked at all of the different trees and their leaves and the flowers and the stones and the rocks and everything that is on the earth? He is worthy to be praised. He does it. We're all here today. Hallelujah. You're, we're watching on live stream. We're working, watching on technology. That's amazing. I don't know how all that works. But I know that God does more than we could ask or think. He has rewards for us now, tomorrow, and in eternity if we will declare his glory. Today you've heard a word from the Lord. And I believe God has spoken to you. So if you say this prayer with me, I know God can change your life. They're saying it live here in Rome right now with me because God can change your life. God has a plan for you. I've told you that. And I want you to believe it with all of your heart. So will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life this day. Change me. Help me, I pray, oh God. I'm going to live for you. Friend, if you've just said that prayer, I can tell you that God has just changed you and has come into your life. Now, I believe that today you may have listened to this and you've known that God already lives in your life. Well, God wants to speak to you and help you. So I'm gonna pray a second prayer and that prayer is for a miracle to happen for you this day. I believe in miracles. I know you do as well. So let's pray and let God touch you right where you're listening to this sermon. Lord, I thank you today for my friend that has heard this message. Lord, I know that they have needs and situations that's going on in their life. And God, you're a big God and you hear and answer our prayers. So today, oh God, will you hear this prayer from your humble servant? God, will you answer this prayer on my new friend's behalf? Will you heal them? Will you touch them? Will you guide them? Lord, come in right now, wherever they're listening, Lord, and answer their prayer. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. If you've just said that prayer and listened to that prayer with me, I know that God has spoken to you. Would you do me a big favor? You're going to see, scrolled on the bottom of this, a website with an email address. If you said the prayer that said, God, come into my heart, or today you're believing with me for a miracle, I want you to drop us a quick note and say, hey, pastor, I want you to continue to pray for me and my family. 
You know, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And I'll guarantee you, your best days are still in front of you. So God bless you and join us next week.